let me let me also answer that question. You know, you asked the same sort of question, the same family of question last time, uh, where you assume things that are not true. When you just mentioned, you know, blowing these teams out, that's never happened. So I don't know where you get that. So, can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish my statement? Can I can I finish my statement? When you talk, are you going to let me finish my statement or not? So you'll be quiet now while I talk, and then I'll listen to you. When you make statements about in the past just blowing out these other teams, number one, you give no respect to the other teams. And I talked to you last time about the same thing. We've had very close games against four or five countries in all these tournaments. So the good teams do not get blown out. There are certain games that might happen in one of the tournaments in the World Championship, the Olympics, where somebody gets blown out. But in general, nobody's blowing anybody out for the good teams. So when you make a statement like that, it's like you assume that's what's going on. And that's incorrect. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from ESPN is LaChina Robinson. LaChina, how are you this morning? LaChina. I'm doing great, Ed and Tyler. How are you guys doing? Very well, we're good. better than Greg Popovich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I would hope so. Um, I would hope can, so. Can you, can you please, I don't feel like this is a, a very hot take, but you can you just please confirm that the women's USA team will not lose their first two games before going to the Olympics? Listen, <laughs> I've seen crazier things happen, right? Like, um, you know, there's a lot of respect both the Australian team and the Nigerian national team. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of talent all over the world when it comes to the sport of basketball. But I, I will say that uh, we have an amazing roster from women's side of things. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to a great run, hopefully, to their seventh consecutive goal. Do they, again, and we heard Popovich coming back is like, you know what, on the good teams, we, we don't blow them out. We argue that a point only because we have the math and we have averages in front of us in terms of how well the men have done. But talk about the women in terms of if they see this happen with the men as well as they've done, as great as they've been, is there a sense of, you know what, we better kind of focus in here because we don't want that to happen? Oh, it's definitely a wake-up call. You know, and if you're Don Staley, um, you know, you're, you're not happy to see the men lose, but it, it now gives you a talking point in the locker room in terms of creating just a higher level of intensity and a greater sense of urgency. So I, I think it definitely uh, will benefit the mindset of the women's side coming into things. Can you give us a prediction on who's going to be the leading scorer for Team USA women when they go to the Olympics? Oh, God. I mean, it's so hard to tell, right? Like, pick one. Um, you know, I, I think, and I would have to look at past Olympic years to see if there's any correlation, but you have to start with players that are, are playing strong right now in the WNBA. Unfortunately, um, you know, Diana Taurasi is somewhat limping into the Olympics um, because she suffered a hip injury, missed the last couple of games for Phoenix. So she would always be number one on my list if I had to choose, but. Um, Brittany Griner's playing at a very high level right now, um, you know, along with Sylvia Fowles, especially on the defensive end. Um, but across the board, I mean, obviously Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart uh, are playing as two of the best players in the world. 
Um, they proved that in taking their teams to the WNBA Finals last year, last season. So I'm excited about what those two uh, younger players will, will do as well. And don't let me forget about, I don't know if I said Tina Charles, but mm-hmm. Tina Charles is probably my MVP right now in the WNBA. Wow. Have you seen anything in this? I mean, it appears the break's going to be over a month long. Lambeer's in Michigan on a tractor, and he's also going to be a boat in Florida, so he's taking some time off. Have you seen anything that has surprised you? I want to start first with the Aces in the first first half, and they've got two wins against Seattle. I I assume that gives them somewhat confidence because of what happened in the finals last year, even though I still think Seattle will be the favorite with Brianna, but um, have you seen anything from the Aces that have either surprised you either way? You know, I've been very impressed, I guess I would say, with um, the new additions and the returning players for the Vegas Aces. You know, Raquana Williams has been fantastic in her defense. You know, everyone knows what she can do on the offensive end, but her defense this season has been great coming over from L.A. Kelsey Plum and her return uh, from her Achilles injury, I mean, my goodness. She has just been such a bright spot for Bill Lambier. I mean, and Bill's a stickler for his lineup, so he's still bringing the De- Eric off of the bench. You know, even with Liz Cambage uh, missing the last game, last couple games, um, still bringing Plum off of the bench. Obviously, they have Chelsea Gray, who's one of the greatest point guards in the league. But I, I would just say, you know, those two players in particular, Raquana Williams and um, Kelsey Plum, just give even more depth to a Vegas team that has. More number one picks than ever, any other team in the league. More lottery picks. I mean, their talent is just crazy. And um, they, they've played at a very high level. Despite losing two out of their last three, I still believe that Vegas is the most talented team in the league, top to bottom. So this is a team that's lost in the semis and the finals the last two years, and both series have kind of gone the same way, where Washington and Seattle were able to spread them out and knock down threes, and the Aces couldn't really you know, keep up because they're a team that wants to beat you up inside. They've been one of the most talented teams in the league for three years. Is there anything different about this team that would change that, you know, into the season where, Hey, spread the aces out in the playoffs and you can beat them. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure you can change um, as much on the defensive end because the offense of a team like Seattle, what they can do and what we saw Washington do a couple of years ago. I mean, it's just a very talented offensive WNBA. I mean, you know, teams can score the basketball, but what I think would help Vegas is the first year, that first year, 2019 against Washington, it was Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage's first year playing together, and it didn't go great. Um, you know, you weren't getting the highest level of production out of both players on the floor at the, at, at, at the same time. Last season, Liz Cambage sat out. This year, I really believe that the two of them have found their chemistry and if you can have a four or five player as dominant as they are, you're going to cause trouble for your opponents. Um, you're going to get some folks in foul trouble, which may cut into that three-point shooting lineup you know, of a team like, like a Seattle or whoever else you may face. I just think um, Vegas, when healthy and everyone's there, has the most dominant front court in the, in the league. And now Asia and Liz have that experience of playing together. And when they're clicking, it's really hard to stop. Is the greatest moment of the season what Chelsea Gray told us where during a timeout, Lambeer wasn't sure what to drop, so she grabbed the whiteboard and said, I'll do it? (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't heard that one, but um, I believe it. I definitely believe that. Um, I mean, you talked about how great she was. I mean, is that, you know, everyone's like, what's the missing piece? And they're going to have to deal with Brianna Stewart. And you saw how great she was. I mean, could this be kind of the one missing piece that would get them over the top if, in fact, they meet again? (laughs) 
You know, I do believe that Chelsea is, to me, one of the most clutch players in the, in the history of the WNBA. Like, when the game is on the line, when the, when the shot clock's winding down, when a play has to be made, she wants the ball in her hands, and she's got the experience in, in championship and playoff situations um, where she's proven herself. And that's an absolute game changer. And that's one thing about the Vegas Bases that I will say is that you know, some of the other teams that we just talked about had, like Seattle and Washington the last couple of years, had a veterans in the backcourt that could make clutch plays when they needed it, right? Um, Chelsea has that experience. She has that ability. And that can be a great separator, you know, as you move on in the playoffs and hopefully towards the championship round. So, um, absolutely, I believe that, you know, her acquisition to Vegas was probably the biggest and will be the most impactful change. You may not feel it now, but you will feel it in the postseason when it matters most. So the WNBA All-Star game is going to be the Olympic team against the WNBA All-Stars. If the WNBA All-Star team wins, do we send all of those Americans to the Olympics instead? <laughs> <laughs> Won't be able to do that, but uh, I'll tell you, I think that this will be one of the most competitive all-star games we've seen. You know, I look at this all-star side of, of the squad, and there are a lot of underdogs on, on that on that end of things. You know, I mean, I don't know when the last time we had a, a player coming off the bench named all-star, but that's who the Eric Hamby is. You know, Courtney Williams is a player that's been counted out and She's not someone's name that you hear often when you turn to the WNBA. So I think she's going to have something to prove. This is going to be hashtag team something to prove um, on the all-star side of things. You know, we've got all the big names on on the Olympic team and and very deserving of that. But I think we're going to have um, some all-stars that are looking to make a name for themselves, but also some young players around the league that um, are, are pretty fearless about, you know, going after things. And, and I think this is going to be a much scrappier and tough game on, on USA than, than we may think. What can we expect? I, uh, my favorite player in the league is uh, still uh, still having Elena Deladon. What does it meant for not to have her in the league? And, you know, I guess the hope is that, you know, uh, she can be completely healthy at some point. Yeah, you and I both, I'll tell you, she's my favorite player to watch in the, in the WNBA. I say that every time I get a chance to, to speak her name. You know, it's, it's been hard. I think the first half, if you will, a little over half of the season for the WNBA has been defined, unfortunately, by injury. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Elena Deladon or Neko Gumake or, as I just mentioned, you know, Diana Tarazi has been in and out with, with different injuries. Connecticut's missing Alyssa Thomas. You know, you don't want that to be the headline. Candace Parker missing, what, seven, eight games. Um, but that is the headline. And I think we miss Deladon. I mean, she is not only one of the best players in the history of this league, even though she's only won one championship. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. But she's also one of the most likable and, you know, I mean, charismatic. I mean, you can't, if you sat down with a pen and paper, you couldn't draw up a better overall person or player than Elena Deladon. She's just a great ambassador for the league. So we definitely miss her. Uh, we've gotten to see some glimpses of her on the sideline cheering on her team. And she's even doing some coaching. I don't know if you guys have watched, but she's getting in the huddle. She's, she's uh, getting, getting her teammates together and showing a lot of intensity on the sidelines from the coaching standpoint. But uh, I'm sure that Mike Tebow would join me in saying we, we can't wait to see her back on the court, and she's definitely missed. Uh, Lachina, have you ever played like three on three competitively at all? 
Yes. Well, competitively, meaning um, during well, some pickup games when we couldn't sure, yes. enough to play five on five. Yes. Yeah, um, I have. It's hard. I I am I am like oddly maybe more excited to watch the three on three in the Olympics than I am the five on five. Like I'm just kind of fascinated to see it. And, you know, Kelsey Plum here from the ACE is going to be a part of it. I don't know. I'm just I'm very intrigued by watching three on three Olympic basketball. You know, you really have to be able to think the game in a, in a different way. Um, obviously, the floor is very spaced. You've got to play so well off of the ball. You know, when you've got five players on the court, you, you don't have a, a lot of, of space to maneuver, and you've got plays you can run and things like that. And not that they don't have that in three-on-three, three, but you really got to be able to make reads in three-on-three three because you're, you're, you've only got three people, <laughs> you know, and it's very different from the normal format of what we see in a basketball game. And, um, you know, I think being cerebral, and head coach Kara Lawson is probably one of the most cerebral people you'll ever encounter when it comes to this game, the way she thinks it, the way she sees it. Um, but as players, your communication has to be on point. And going back to Kara Lawson, I don't know if you guys know this, your coach cannot actually coach you during three-on-three. Three. So she has to sit in the stand. <laughs> and cannot, like, huddle her team. Like, they have to do all of that for themselves. Like, she does all the coaching coming into the game during practices, but she can't actually instruct them during the contest itself. Is so BMX riding? BMX What's going on? Uh, if It's almost like tennis. It's almost like tennis, yeah. you know, where your, your coach is just sitting up there biting their nails and, and you know, watching. If the men lose to Argentina today, will Pop say we can beat anyone in three-on-three? Three? <laughs> will that be his comments? <laughs> so going for oh, man. Poor Pop. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is LaChina Robinson. And by the way, the WNBA All-Star Game, it's on Wednesday right here in Vegas at Mandalay Bay Resort at the Michelob Ultra Arena. You can check that out on ESPN. LaChina, thank you so much Thanks, for LaChina. joining us Appreciate today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Enjoy. You too. Pops. You give me Durant, Tatum, and Lillard, we will beat anyone in this. <laughs> anyone. Three on three. Unless it's Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, and that <laughs> and, random and the, big guy. And the best shooter from Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, that, listen, they kept po- Australia kept posting up some big guy I'd never heard of last night, and he kept scoring. And I was like, all right, guys, let's figure this out. A little bummed. Two games. Kevin Love's only had three minutes of time. Let's get him some more minutes. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that was the whole thing. It's like, oh, he's a big who can stretch the floor. Oh, you know, there's no three seconds defensively, so they have to go out when he goes out. I was like, well, you can't, ext- you can't really uh, extend guys from the bench. He's played three minutes in two games. Uh, does this basically prove, okay, we need to stop caring about the guys that have shown us commitment or <laughs> who have worked hard? Like, just well, get the best guy. It is no, interesting. Kevin Love's not playing. It, it, it is interesting because 0-2, and, and I just read some online, 0-2, now it's we After 0-2, you're going to get guys saying this is the reason why. Like, here come all the reasons. And the first thing I saw was what Jared just said. Well, you know, you're too loyal. Where's Zion? Where's where's Trey Young? Where are all these guys? Like so now it's, it's going to just be what are the reasoning and the excuses are going to come out? Like why is this happening? They have Kevin Durant, I know Jason Tatum and Damian, Damian Lillard, Lillard. Yes. and Bradley yes. Beal. Yeah, what the hell? We don't need Zion and Trey Young. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just telling you. What, I'm just telling you. After two losses, you knew that people would try to construct like, well, what's happening? What's happening? Instead of you know what. We'll see in the Olympics. Whatever. We'll see. Whatever. I'm going to watch the women instead. I'll actually win. Okay, I will absolutely agree with you. If it's a choice between the five on five with the women or the three on three, I'm watching the three on three. 
Oh, I'm. Uh, that, I'm that's I'm actually fascinating gonna be to watch it. I wish the men had it. I'm serious. I wish the three on three would be much. Would, it would be much. There is cooler men, to watch. There is. There is. I didn't know. Three. Okay. All right. Did Who? we? We didn't make it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Robbie Hummel was the best player I think on our three on three team. That's the best Rush we could do. Yeah, they didn't. No NBA players went to three on three. That's so the they, best we could yeah, do. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure they failed to qualify for three on three. There wasn't a guy like Nigeria, the twelfth guy on a bench, who could go on and like you know three of those guys. No. It, we couldn't find three dudes. We couldn't find three dudes who could at least. I'm not saying like win in it, one mixtape like, type qualify. Guys. Yeah, well, they yeah they're, they were supposed to be good. They were like the number one seed or Why something. Why didn't we send the professor guy? <laughs> the A one mixtape. Yes. The, the Eric Jared's right. We could send the three best uh, the mixtape guys and, and actually uh, qualify. Wait. I can't believe they didn't qualify. How many teams qualified? Not many. It's it's not a lot, but we still still should have qualified. Wow. Yeah. Um. But can you, uh, we need NBA players in three on three in the future? Because as the names you just brought up, can you imagine just Trey Young and Zion Williamson in a three on three game? I mean, at this point, like bring back Dwayne, like bring back our like forty, like bring yeah. guys from the big three. I was gonna say, just literally so, the best three so players want, from the big three. You want uh, Dwayne Wade, Joe Johnson, bring yeah. ISO Joe and, back, and like uh, Ice Cube, <laughs> Ice Cube. <laughs> I was going to go Master P, yes. but sure. Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm going to have to look it up during the break because I want to know how many actual teams qualified for this. But the fact we couldn't find three dudes to qualify for a three-on-three tournament is staggering. Yeah, blame Robbie Hummel. All right, coming up next. Uh-oh, people in the NFL don't think Derek Carr is a top-10 quarterback. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this week, and then uh, I'm going to get back to working out and figure things out in a couple weeks. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Uh, Jared, at some point, you're just going to have to cut my mic off because this is not going to stop. I just had a listener DM me. What's this fake horse stuff you guys are talking about? I need in on this. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I'll have a talk with my son when I get home. Why? He's probably the person who sent that to you. <laughs> All right, so Derek Carr and the rest of the Raiders have I had their projections put Carr. out by... I have zero interest in talking about Derek yeah. Carr. Wouldn't you rather talk about fake horses some more? Not at all. I think it's our most popular segments. Well, it is the segment we're actually I mean, getting okay, tweets com- about. <laughs> compared like we, to we soccer. never get tweets about anything on this show, and all of a sudden we talk about fake horses. I was like, you know, I, I breeded a, bred a few yesterday. That's right. And I did this, and I did that. Great. Yeah, we sold some yesterday. Our horse won. Listen, there's a there's a Twitter account that yesterday or a couple days ago put out like the top 100 horses in entirety. Yeah, in entirety. And we have a horse that's better than some of them on there. I got I got Oh, some you didn't complaints. make the list. No, so now you're pissed off. I got some I got some complaints. Okay, let me ask you this. This is the most important question. Number 1 horse in the entire weirdness, how much does it go for? How much does it sell for? Sell for Oh, I'll go look for you. Have I'm... they put? Oh, okay. So let me ask this. So every horse has a value on it. They've put up a value. Hey, if you want to buy, you know, Jiggly Wiggly here, no, who's the best horse? Not every to... horse, but like if you you can put a horse up for sale and if you're list willing the to value, s- yeah, sell. and list the value for it. All right. So right now, what's the highest horse out there? The so there's a horse for sale. Jiggly Wiggly. <laughs> uh, Boom Pearl. Oh, is... Boom Pearl. For sale for nine hundred and ninety-two thousand dollars. Okay, 
Stop! Stop while you're t- stop while you're ahead. Now you should Some probably horse. you should probably ignore that. Nobody's yeah. going to buy it for that much money. the The highest sale in that the makes month of sense. the highest actually sold horse in the month of July sold for thirty one thousand uh, dollars. I, I it's over. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Someone even with money paid thirty one thousand dollars for a fake horse. Yep, there have been uh, four horses sold in July for over twenty thousand dollars. Okay, and let me ask you this: That thirty-one thousand dollars house, you you breed horses. Could you get lucky, and that would be your horse? I cannot create that horse. No, that is okay. A... Why? What do you mean? Take me through this. Create. What do you mean create? I thought you just breed the horses. <laughs> How do you create it? So when you breed the horses, the horse you get is a combination of like the genes. So you don't have that parents. good horse. So this horse that sold for thirty-one thousand dollars. First off, it's a Z one. And so when you breed the parents, like if, if we have we have a Z7, if we breed it with a Z5, we get a Z12, right? So you cannot breed a Z1. You can't do it. You can only breed Z2s or below. So he's a Z1. He's all actually to see. She's also a Genesis, which is, again, the horses, the creators right. sold to people. So you can't, you cannot breed Genesis. Der- Jared, is there any way I could breed a D minus? <laughs> Can B I, minus with a B plus. Oh, good lord! B plus and get a C horse. C. <laughs> there you go. No, you'd actually you'd actually get a D minus because it takes the worst parents attributes usually. Oh, so yeah, but 30, that is someone, thirty-one. Yeah, someone Venmoed somebody thirty-one thousand yeah. dollars. You could because, look at it that way. Yeah, b- sure. yeah, because they wanted a Z one horse. Yep, July second, so or July twelfth. So this happened yesterday. And then essentially, you just watch your computer and see this fake horse win races. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Like, there's nothing else going on. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's phenomenal. We had a horse win yesterday. It was, it was wonderful. Do they? Well, first of all, please tell me there's like the Triple Crown races. They did something around the Kentucky Derby, but they. they Do they have like fake men putting fake like roses on top of the horse that wins? No, no. That would, not you'd that. like that. I, all right. Yeah, we do. Well, need we need that. to go to break. We do? I don't <laughs> yeah. think so. I don't think so. What so, happened to Derek Carr not being a top 10 quarterback? Yeah, Was, well, wasn't we'll that get, what we were talking about? We'll get, nobody cares about <laughs> no, Derek Carr. We care about the fake horses. We There has been a project, a football outsider's projected stats that have been in the rundown. For I want to say Jared, a fortnight. The people want to know about the horses. They do not. Yes. Well, Twitter gotten... says otherwise because it's the only thing people are tweeting. The last about. two tweets in my two. mentions are we about just, fake horses. There's nothing in here about Popovich or Derek Carr. Yeah, nothing about Derek Carr. We're talking about fake horses. Coming up next, <laughs> Sam Gordon joins us. Duran a three, too strong. And Delavadova with a great punch out to Ingles for the exclamation point. Australia up by eight with three seconds left. And it's two straight losses for Team USA in Las Vegas. 91 to 83 boomers. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Sam Gordon. Sam, how are you this morning? Sammy. Doing good, fellas. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah. So, how worried should we be about Team USA basketball right now? I think it's a little too soon to enter a full-blown panic, but there's definitely some concerns. I think it's a, a flawed roster. Uh, and I think what we've seen so far is, one, there's a lack of a, a true table setter, right? Uh, somebody that really wants to get 
his teammates going or, or get other guys going. Uh, there are there are more than capable playmakers on his team, but you know Damian Lillard is a is a shoot first guy. You know Kevin Durant, Zach Levine, all these guys, Bradley Beal, they are all you know they want to get their shot off. And you know outside of Draymond Green, you really don't have any any playmakers on this roster. I mean Bam out of bio too to to a degree. But you don't have a, a Chris Paul type. You don't have a LeBron James that, that can, can run the show and make sure everybody else is eating. And I think we've seen that kind of manifest itself a little bit when these games get tight. It turns into, you know, one-on-one where, where somebody, whoever has the ball, is trying to make a play and the other four guys are standing around. And there's very little movement. There's very little action. And, uh, and there's, there's been some stagnance in, in some of these games. Uh, I think number two, there's a lack, the lack of size. Uh, this is not a big roster. Uh, Bam Adebayo is, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote you know, center at 6'9", and then you have Draymond at 6'6", at six, six, asked to fill that, that same position, but there's not, you know, you don't have a seven-footer. You don't have elite rim protection uh, on this roster. So those, I think, have been two, the, the two issues, the two things that have jumped out. Uh, I, I, still, there's an overwhelming amount of talent, right, with, with those guys I just named, KD and Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard and so on and so forth, you're eventually going to get Devin Booker and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Um, that should help. Uh, so, I, again, I don't think it's time to, to panic per se, but it, I think it's becoming increasingly clear. This is not one of the better you know, USA teams that, that, that USA basketball has put forth you know, since, the, uh, since the 2004 debacle uh, where, where they finished with the bronze medal. This, they're, they're, this is a flawed roster. And there's not a lot of time to rectify it. These other teams have had weeks to practice, and USA's got a couple more practices, a couple more exhibition games, and then it's time to go in Tokyo. So uh, not, not yet ready to panic, but there are legitimate concerns, and the rest of the world is, is getting better at basketball for sure. Yeah, um, okay, so saying that in the flawed roster, then give me the percentage you put into because this is what we've heard after two games from them. And, look, they're going to – I'm not going to say excuses, but they're going to give reasonings out of their own minds that they haven't been together. Shouldn't that be overcome by the best players in the world? Or do you think that, as Tyler mentioned earlier, are they even running anything at this point? I mean, and do you think – it's a couple weeks from Tokyo, if not less. I mean, when is it going to be like, hey, we're together now? Uh, yeah, great question. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I guess the hope would be for the, the Americans that they can figure something out uh, by the time they leave Las Vegas. Uh, another exhibition game today, and then one on Friday and one on Sunday, so they'll have a couple more practices, but you're right. Uh, yeah, they're, they haven't been together. They, they haven't played. This isn't a cohesive unit. That, that's been obvious over the, the, the first two games. Uh, but you have NBA champions. You have experienced Olympians. You have the best players in the world, and at some point they should figure out how to click. Um, Tyler's right. The offense looks extremely stagnant. You can't tell what they're running half the time. I mean, the only you know the only real fluid action uh, that I've seen or on a consistent basis is you have Draymond Green working some dribble handoff stuff with Damian Lillard, similar to what he does with Steph Curry. But other than that, and it's it's one on one. It's it's your turn, my turn. Uh, very very little ball movement. Very little screening. You don't you don't see the fluid kind of offense that Greg Popovich's San Antonio Spurs used to run. That's that's for sure. And it's very obvious that this is a disjointed uh, basketball team, whereas Australia, Nigeria, you know, they've been building programs. They've been practicing for a while. They've had guys in the pipeline that are familiar with one another, and it's not always about the best five players. It's about the five, five players that play uh, the best brand of basketball together. So in a vacuum, you're right. They, they should figure this out, and it's not, they, they very well may. I, I think it's more likely that they do than that they don't, but because of what we've seen these last two games, 
we're introduced to the real possibility that this team might might not figure it out. Maybe, maybe they don't. Uh, again, the rest of the world is is much better. You look at the Australian lineup, five, six, seven NBA players. Uh, same with Nigeria, five, six, seven NBA players uh, that, that maybe not aren't the high-end stars that Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal are and Damian Lillard are, but they've played against these guys and they're not scared of them anymore. And I think – uh, this invincibility, this American invincibility, that, that's worn off. And that wore off in the, in the 2000, you go back to 2019, the World Cup, where mm-hmm. the United States didn't even medal. And granted, that was a, a considerably worse roster than this one is, but still, the fact that they couldn't put forth the top-tier roster to play in the World Cup uh, was a little startling. And, and you, this isn't clearly isn't a top-tier roster either. They heard a lot of no's. There's no Steph Curry. There's no Chris Paul. Obviously, no LeBron James, no Kawhi. You know, no Zion, you know, a number of guys, whether it be for injury or, or who knows what else. Uh, but they, they've had to settle for some second-tier guys like, like Jeremy Grant and Kevin Love, and that's no disrespect, but this is not – this isn't 2012. This isn't the 2008 roster, and as a result, I think this group is going to have to work a little bit harder figuring it out because time – they're running out of time here in Las Vegas, and again, the rest of the world is getting really, really good at basketball. And let me ask you real quick then, because I do think as much as it's on the Americans to get better, you mentioned that people have thought about it. I don't know if this is overblown. I don't even know if there's any facts to this. But the Australian players came off the court last night and said, we expected to win. In the past, I thought that was just what you're supposed to say. But I think they expect to win now. And I do think that gives other teams, I don't want to say an edge, but they certainly don't walk in anymore saying, we can say that. That's what we're supposed to say. We don't really believe it. I think they believe it. I do too. I, I do too. The way they the way they played, that look, they they USA controlled most of the first half, and USA had its chances to, to build a, a big lead and really pull away. And Australia never went; they did not go away one bit. You, you have Patty Mills out there, uh, you know, obviously the world champion, the guard with San Antonio Spurs, been in the league a long time, more of a role guy when he plays with Popovich, and, and he under Australia with you know playing for Australia, he's empowered a little bit more, and he was out there looking like Kyrie Irving and Joe Ingles is. Pulling up, hitting threes, and Delavadova's hand on the ball, and and doing all these things. And no, they, they I don't think they're intimidated one bit. I, I I do think that there's a legit, you know, especially for some of these teams with a lot of NBA players that they, they think they can compete with with the United States. And why can't they? We've seen it now twice in a row. Uh, just for some context, you guys might have already talked about it since 1992, when when the Dream Team brought professionals over uh, to the Olympics and, and basketball for the first time. The United States have lost two exhibition games. They were 54-2 and two in exhibition play. Now they've lost back-to-back exhibition games. It's the first time that's ever happened, uh, well, since 1992. Uh, it's, it's a legitimate – This is a, there's legitimate cause for concern. I mean, this is it, – it, it doesn't matter. It hasn't mattered that these guys are, you know, first, second-team All-NBA players and the best players in the world. It looks like a really disjointed group of guys that doesn't know how to play together, that doesn't have – a player that looks to get everybody else involved and make everybody comfortable. It looks like they're just taking turns out there, and that's what we've seen. And the other teams aren't playing like that. And I, you can bet that Argentina's not going to play like that. Now, Argentina isn't – they don't have Ginobili. They don't have the top-tier talent that they've had in the past years. But, again, this is a cohesive program that, that, that Argentina's put together. And we're going to see how they look against the United States today. And that's how a lot of these teams are. They, they, they're, they're teams. They're teams. And, and Damian Lillard said yesterday – you know, we're figuring we're still working on becoming a team. You know, how much time, how much time do they have? I mean, they leave Vegas. I mean, their last exhibition game is here on Sunday, and then it's and then it's time for Tokyo. And then think about it like this: when you get to Tokyo, then you're gonna add three new guys: Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, and Chris Middleton that haven't practiced a lick with this group. Uh, yeah, they're they're good players, but you're gonna have to, to integrate them too, and and that's gonna be tough doing that on the fly. It's just 
it's very disjointed right now. They still are by far the most talented team, but definitely more vulnerable this year and in years past. And I do think other teams that have NBA players that have seen these guys before uh, aren't intimidated at all and do expect to compete with the United States. What did you make of Greg Popovich yesterday taking exception to a question about normally blowing these types of teams out? Uh, I, well, it just kind of shows the sensitivity of the situation. Uh, yeah, you guys blew these teams out, you know, 10, 12 years ago, but under his watch, since he's taken over USA basketball, taking the reins from Mike Krzyzewski, I believe his record is like nine and five or something like that. So he, he doesn't have any experience on blowing teams out. I get what he's doing. He wants to make sure to be respectful and to pay propers to the rest of the world. Uh, because the rest of the world has improved, and, and th- there's no doubt about that. Uh, the players know it. He knows it. There's more NBA players on these on on, on play representing other countries around the world. Uh, and again, these teams have been cohesive and have spent time developing. But the question, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily unfair for for years and years and for decades. The U.S. did blow everybody out, and, and that hasn't been the reality uh, for Greg Popovich. Sure, there's been some some close games in in the Olympics. You know, the 08 gold medal game. Uh, against Spain that Kobe Bryant took over. It was a couple close. It was a close championship game, kind of close in 2012. But, but no, the, the question I thought was fair. That the United States has blown teams out for the most part, and I know Greg Popovich wants to give props to, to everybody else, but but he hasn't experienced that same kind of success. And, and now there's the, the pressure's on. Uh, the pressure's on. You guys seen social media? I mean, all types of all types of questions about bring back you know comments, bring back Coach K, and you know wondering if if Greg Popovich still has it. I mean, you, the Spurs aren't. Haven't been as good since since Tim Duncan retired, and clearly Team USA is not what it once was. So there's still time to, to rectify it, uh, but but the pressure's on. That that the pressure is definitely on, especially after what we've seen these last two games, where, where Team USA can't even crack a 90 point mark. Would you rather see three on three with the men? Mm. Would I rather see three on three? Um, not that. By yeah. the way, not that the U.S. qualified for three on three because we lost to the because we lost to the Netherlands. Three soccer players from the Netherlands came out and beat us in three on three basketball. <laughs> Ain't that something? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would. Yeah, maybe. You know, the the five on five thing that hasn't looked good. It hasn't looked good. So maybe the, maybe the three on three team, the one that didn't qualify, would look a little better. <laughs> than this five-on-five team. This, this five-on-five team, it, it just looks like guys, that, it just looks like they rolled the ball out. It, it, it doesn't look like they've, they've been able to establish any kind of rhythm practicing. Uh, you would, again, you think they figure it out. They have the uh, highest-level players in the world, even if LeBron and AD and Kawhi and Chris Paul aren't there and said no. This team is still far too talented. You just have to wonder when. When is it going to click? If it hasn't clicked yet, when is it going to? Maybe it's today. Maybe it's Friday, maybe it's Sunday, maybe it's never. I'm not sure, but but you would still think that with the talent they have, they're going to click at some point. Well, he is Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. Sam, as always, we appreciate it. Hopefully you get to cover this uh, USA team actually win a game at some point in the future. I'll pick you up today, yeah, right? Sammy. I'll pick you up today. They'll beat Argentina. You'll be back for two losses later in the week. <laughs> that's, that's how those things always seem to go. Appreciate you guys having. See, you. Thanks, Sam. I looked at the. You know, Sam does a great job covering it for us. But I looked at the exhibition schedule, and the, you know, he goes, "Why don't you write off one game?" I said, "Okay, let me see. Oh, I'll take the three p.m. start." <laughs> so, <laughs> Sam, Sam, you've got all the deadline games. I'll the, take the three p.m. He gets start. The eight thirty. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Coming up next, we talk to Luke Perk Dandy. 
we're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Joining us now is Luke Pergdandy. And Luke, I'm curious, what? how was the home run derby market for you guys yesterday? Yeah, a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of Shohei Otani <laughs> tickets were sold. I, I can't blame the uh, the buyers for grabbing those. It looked uh, incredible this season, but uh, those obviously a lot. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, people gamble on anything. And then, obviously, the, the home run derby is, was no different. Do you guys, uh, it's first half is over, obviously. Um, we know what the standings are. Any futures changing hands? Anything in the first half? The Giants, other teams, or people trying to you know jump on for the second half? Yeah, Giants have been super popular. The Chicago White Sox, we continue to see a lot of purchases on. Um, the, the, the Dodgers, we talk about the Dodgers all the time. Like Their odds are still single digit. And for having such a poor first half and to sit, still have single-digit odds to win the World Series. It's just crazy to me. I get it that the roster is um, loaded. It's probably the best roster in the league. But to still have that that low of odds when they've just, you know, they've, uh, some of these losing streaks they've been on are just crazy. Um, but, yeah, people are still betting on them. And obviously in Las Vegas, it's a big, uh, big Dodger town. What is happening with NBA tickets? Are people trying to jump on the Bucks now that they've won a game? Uh, yes. Yeah, I would say we sold our largest NBA ticket of the season on Friday. It was a $500, 40-to-1 uh, Phoenix Suns future, and it sold for $16,000. It must have sold five minutes after it was posted. Um, the buyer who paid $16,000, uh, that was odds of minus three fifty. When everywhere in the country was minus five hundred, yeah, can't so, even get, you can't even get a fake um, horse for sixteen grand around here. Yeah, yeah exactly. these fake horses. Real quick, anyone uh, anyone put up Nigeria minus one hundred and sixty five <laughs> the other night? Yeah, how about that? Um, Team USA is just—I um, don't know what's going on with that. Obviously, a lot of our stars aren't playing, but my goodness, um, pretty pretty embarrassing. For Team USA, I know it's still exhibition, so we've got time to, to right the ship here, but not a, not, a, not a terrific start for our guys down there. Well, he is Luke Pergdandy from PropSwap.com. Luke, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Luke. Oh, could you imagine having, like, a Nigeria ticket? You imagine like, taking Nigeria on the money line. I, I'll tell you, what, if I won that bet, I'd buy six horses from you. Well, I, I if I won say, the Nigeria money line bet against the Americans, I was guessing there's probably some pretty small or low minimums on Team USA. You'd have to. You'd like, have to. Yeah. I can't imagine you're walking in. They're even letting you bet like five thousand dollars on, on Nigeria? a Team USA exhibition, right? They're saying, eh, how about a hundred? Let's calm down there. Hundred bucks. Hold on. All right. Uh, Jared is trying to get our sharp. He won. Uh, JP won yesterday with Costa Rica. He he called in to win yesterday as the well not win but be the sharp yesterday. Didn't have a game to pick for yesterday. He wanted to pick for Tuesdays, but it's hey, not it. So uh, I gave him a soccer pick. Costa Rica right. won. They won as minus. It actually went up from minus nine hundred to minus sixteen hundred. Who are they the playing? Like Guadalupe. Uh, Guadalupe. They beat Guadalupe three to one. And now, scored. and now JP is... So we got no answer from JP? Oh, man. 
It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. We got an answer from JP. JP, where do you want to go with your pick for today? Okay, we got the All-Star game today, right? Yes, yes. we do. American League, National League. I'm going to take the one and a half with the American League. Listen, you don't have to. You don't we have don't, to take it. You yeah. don't have to say. You can just pick the winner. We're just giving you the winner straight up. The winner straight up? Yeah, yeah. that's all you got to do. All right. Okay. American, American League, League it is for you. We got you in for the AL to win the All-Star game tonight. If they do, JP will be calling you again tomorrow at the same time. Check this out. What if they lose by one? <laughs> that's why I wanted to run in a half. Wait, wait, wait. They're, oh, wait. The American League's plus one and a half? Yeah, yeah. The oh, plus yeah, whatever. We'll give you yeah, that. We'll yeah, give yeah, you that. we'll give you that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll give you that. So they lose by one. Yeah, you're good. Who cares? Um, yeah, there we go. So we got you. American League plus one and a half. You're good to go. If they if they win or lose by one, we're calling you tomorrow. All right, man. All right. Thanks, JP. Boy. Well, that's good. I mean, if they're the dogs, he should get the he should get the running. I don't different. believe him, but I'm also okay with <laughs> sharps calling in, setting their own lines. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we can we can talk about what's on the the rundown, but I would like to. Or explain. we can talk more about fake horses. Okay, all right. I was you, gonna you, I was gonna explain why the the phone situation was such a cluster bleep. Go ahead. Okay, I kept dialing his number and leaving out a two, but ah, at the okay. same time, I'm being texted to let the receptionist in the building. While at the same time making sure that, like, I'm listening to be like, are we wrapping up with Luke? I finally get the number right. It's ringing. It's ringing. And Tyler's just like, oh, yeah, I'm ending it with Luke. And I'm like, all right, hanging up on JP so I can hang up on Luke so that I can then recall JP. It's been a fun show. Yeah, you did well. Did the receptionist get in? Uh, Yes. Yes, she did. (laughs) I wish JP would have said, Argentina Americans, I'll take the Americans plus 15. Like sure, make up. Yeah, sure, JP, you can have fifty. We're we're allowing you to make up lines. I'm not gonna say no. Um, so we've got another tweet, and I got another DM about fake horses and wanting more fake horse talk. Can you can you at least say the name of the product? Zed. Yes. Oh, you want to say that? Yeah, yes. that, so that, that helps you believe. I assume half of the DMs are. What is this fake horse yeah, thing? Zed, yeah, bring yeah. Zed run, um, and they're fake horses. Uh I didn't tell you guys yet. We were debating yesterday buying a horse for four thousand dollars. We did not do it, but we were having we were having serious conversations about buying a horse for four thousand dollars. <sighs> Again, I just the, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded that you're spending this the, much money the on this. Buy in on this oh. is genuinely so perplexing that he knows what four other people that with himself can get together nine hundred dollars yeah. to even. Start this endeavor when I I don't think I could get four people that I know together to get a Taco Bell order going. <laughs> well, is that the buy-in? If I want to start today, how much am I on the hook for? Well, I can sell you a horse for a hundred bucks right now. No, oh my. if I don't want anything to do, do with it, your Ed. stable, I just want to start. <laughs> do from it, scratch. Ed. No, no, Ed, I you want my do it. I want my own woo goo. I want my own goo. How does it cost? How much does it cost if I go on? If I go on, say I want a horse. Yeah, you can buy a horse for a hundred dollars. We sold a horse yesterday okay. for like a hundred and six. And then I'm off and running. And you got a horse. That horse sucks. But then you, but get, you then got you to wait for the Genesis horses. Yes, but like if you want to buy a good horse, yes. Like the we spent nine hundred dollars. That horse sucked. 
That horse was not any good. So I can't go on Zed and say, and they'll sell me a horse to start off my statement. No, you got to oh, wait. I got to buy someone's horse. Yes, you got to buy from somebody else. They will, the creators of the game have right. done drops where it's a certain day, they'll drop it at a certain time. It's like free for all. You go on there Do and buy it. Do you know when it is? No, they, oh. they might not even have another one. They okay. might be done. There's supposed to be another one, but they might not even have another one.